You're listening to Fresh Oil with your hosts, Chris and Stacy Blake, bringing you intriguing interviews, discussions, and weekly Christian direction. Welcome to our series, Warriors of God. Put on your seatbelts and get ready for part one of our interview with evangelist Dave Michael Knowles from Kentucky. We're so glad to have you here back in the studio with us today. And I have a wonderful guest. It's such an honor to be able to have Dave Michael Knowles. He is an evangelist all the way from, is it North Carolina? Kentucky. 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 But we live in North Carolina now. Okay. Yes. So I, I heard all the southern states were mentioned the other day by a pastor. You guys are... Uh, traveling evangelists. Of course, that's what evangelists do. Yes. Um, and I'm going to just kind of open the show and let everybody sort of get to know you a little bit better. He is with us now in Revival, Fresh Oil Ministries. It's our first time to be able to meet you and to get to know you. And you you left an impact the last time you were here in Grenada. And it is just such an honor, like I said before, to have you here with us. You are recently married to the stunning Rebecca. Yes. Um, well, we are, are 22 and 19 years old. Um, the Spirit of the Lord, by the leading of the Lord, has helped us and allowed us to travel all across this country to preach um, the gospel of Jesus Christ to the broken, busted, and disgusted. And um, yes, we are newly married. Uh, we got married um, October uh, the 10th, um, a few days before my birthday on the 16th. And um, God has just been very faithful, and He has blessed our household. He has blessed our ministry. And I'm thankful uh, for what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in this hour. Uh, There are pockets of revival um, that are breaking out all across America in an hour like this, where the gospel is being preached to the ones that feel unreachable, to the ones that feel unlovable. And uh, what God is doing in this hour is He is stirring a people that no longer have a heart uh, to flatter the emotions and to flatter uh, the men for opportunity, but what God is doing in this hour is he's raising up a people uh, that have a heart um, for the harvest that is longing and hungry for more. Absolutely. And that is where we are. This nation, this the world, I'm telling you right now, is is at a point where we're hungry. We are so hungry. I, I know that that the people that, that I see on a daily basis and the people that we go to church with and the people that we communicate with outside these four walls, they are so hungry. But you're a prophetic Evangelist, you have a word um, for the body, but yet you have a word for individuals as well. The Lord and the Holy Spirit really works through you, yes. and and you are able to do that. Now, let me ask you this: How long have you been preaching and ministering? Um, well, um, I was in school, and uh, and I'll tell you a little uh, background and a snippet. Um, my junior year, um, I, I I was transferred from uh, Kentucky to Eastern North Carolina uh, to go on to play um, to play ball, um, and I, we had intentions and hopes on me going Division One to play um, to play ball, and uh, the Spirit of the Lord um, began to speak to me as I was right there um, about to go forward um, in the college uh, to play um, to play sports and uh, he told me he said Dave Michael he said I've called you uh, to do something more than what you're doing right now he said I've called you to preach to the nation uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ that I'm able to save set free heal and deliver and um, and 
so I never forget all those prophecies, all the mantles that were laid on me, all the times that the oil uh, was splattered across my head yeah. and in essence um, uh, begin to remind me about when I begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ when I was 15 years old. And I never forget, I would always have to get somebody to drive me to some of my meetings because I wasn't old enough to go and preach um, because uh, I didn't have my license yet. And uh, and so I, I had been I had been traveling and preaching, you know, since uh, my first message, I was 10 years old. Oh, wow. And uh, but then I started really jumping into it head first and traveling when I was 15 years old. And uh, and then I kind of got away from that. I was still preaching every now and then. But my focus and, and my heart was on something that God didn't intend on me to have. And right. that was in the sports arena. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then uh, I never forget 17 years old, the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said, Dave Michael, he said, um, if you pursue this opportunity, he said, I will lift the prophetic mantle off of you Wow! and I'll put it on somebody else that is longing and wanting it. Oh, and I never forget tears begin to come down my face. And I said, God, I said, here I am. I said, I'm available for you to use me. I never forget I, after the spirit of the Lord spoke that to me, I went back to the parsonage. I was staying with the pastor there in Eastern North Carolina. Uh-huh. And uh, I told him what the spirit of the Lord spoke to me uh, when I got off of work and he looked at me and he, and he said, you'll never make it. This was a man that I had given my heart to. I looked at him as a father figure and uh, he told me, he said, you might do good every other week. He said, but you're not going to make it. He said, I've been in ministry for over 24 years. And he said, and, and I had to come out of evangelism and start pastoring because I wasn't able to financially support for my family, be able to, to hold on uh, to stability and security in, in my finances and, and in my mind and in my heart. And i never forget. I was so broken. I was hurt and tears began to come down my face. Uh, my, I balled my fist up. i never forget. I ran to the room and I said, God, did I miss you? Uh, I said, did I hear you speak to me? Mm. I said, what did I do? I done give up my scholarships to go play football. Oh. I done walked away from my job and I was I was getting paid very good money. And, and I said, God, there has to be something more. Mm. Not even four hours after that, I looked down and I was getting a phone call from a number that I did not know. Mm. And I answered it and I said, hello. And they said, is this brother Dave Michael knows? And I said, it is. They said, well, sir, I just come to call you because you've been on my heart for the last month. And I want you to come down and preach a three night youth revival for my church starting tomorrow night. Keep in mind, I just walked away from my job, just walked away from everything because I had such a zeal and such a passion to serve God. Uh And I was broken. My dreams were crushed. A man that I looked up to as a father figure and as a giant in the faith told me that I wouldn't make it because what was I going to do when the winter times come? What was I going to do when trials come? I wasn't going to be able to support for a family and be able to hold down the security. Um, And and I never forget. I told him, I said, yes, I'll come. And uh, little did I know that was the beginning of a launching pad. That God was about to take me all across America and overseas to preach the gospel and to see thousands saved, set free, healed and delivered and the prophetic mantle begin to operate and be ushered into an atmosphere Mm. that was wanting the more of God. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. So here I am, 22 years old, talking to you today, sister. And ever since 17 years old, I'm not wanted for nothing but the power.
power of God is helping us and taking us Mm. all across this nation, preaching six to seven nights a week to a people that are hungry for a move of God. Oh, don't you love that? When you walk in the room and you can just feel it, you feel there, they want something Something. that they have missed. Something. Well, that's the problem. I made a vow to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't want to be another poster boy that Uh -uh. gets up and talks real good. No. Has good rhetoric. Has three points in a poem, but can't move nothing. I said, but God, I want to carry something so profound that I don't just preach a word that was for last season, but I could preach something fresh for an hour like this. Oh my. But I sat in church about five years ago, not here. We're not, we're not where we're attending now, but I was attending a church service and I was sitting there and I was sitting on the front row. And when God drops something in your spirit, write it down. And I wrote it down and I thought, what does this even mean, God? But when he said to me, don't, don't, don't ever, ever ride anybody's coattails. That's not what you were meant to do. And I'm like, what does that even mean? When it, what, riding anybody's coattails. I don't ever want to be like somebody else. I want to be who God created me to be. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I prayed about that. And it just hit me when you said that, you know, somebody with the mantle that he would have given that to somebody else, mm-hmm. but it was meant for you. So what you carry is a whole anointing that was made and meant for you. It's tailor-made. It doesn't have to be for anybody else. And that's okay to be different. We've always grown up thinking, oh, I need to fit in. I don't. I want to stand out. I don't want to fit in. I want to stand out. And I want to stand out for Jesus. Not for them to see me, but for them to see him through me. Whatever I do, whatever I say, whenever I open my mouth, I need somebody to see and hear Jesus. Not to hear me. I, and that's what I, that's what I see yeah. and hear when you open your mouth. I, I have, I have prayed and asked God, will you, when, when I'm able to speak at places or whenever I'm able to minister at all, what do I say? And there's times I'm afraid to say, have you ever been, you're not sure thinking, oh, when you first started, have you ever been like, Lord, do I really need to say that? Is that me thinking that? Or is that you telling me to say that? Have you ever been well, that through that? Back, that dates back to the promise that the spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I will release the prophetic mantle and give it to somebody else if you're not obedient. And I could not help but to tap back in to what he spoke to me Mm -hmm. the first night of revival that I started, which was the beginning of what God was about to do in my life at 17 years old. Uh, I did not know what to say and how to say it, Mm -hmm. but that was the beginning process of me tapping into that prophetic mantle. And uh, the spirit of the Lord began to fall in that room. We was down there in a brick building and that youth uh, meeting and the spirit of the Lord begin to speak to me concerning a young man that was all the way in the back. He had now slipped in there and he had sunglasses on. The place was packed out. And here I am. This was my first major revival. And um, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he told me what was going on in that young man's life. And I said, God, I cannot say that. I said, this man don't know me. I've never <laughs> done something like that. I cannot right. step out and launch out in the deep like that. Yeah, yeah. And he said, what did I tell you Mm. When you was there in the break room at work, 
I told you I would guide you and lead you to speak prophetically to a people that were drained and hungry for something real. And I'll never forget the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he told me to speak to that young man and said, you had been bound to drugs and alcohol for over 10 and a half years. Uh And for the last 20 years, you had been in a game. Keep in mind, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's the real deal. We're around bad gangs and drugs and alcohol and perversion. And the spirit of the Lord spoke to me to speak to that young man. And I never forget what the spirit of the Lord was speaking to me. He told me to release to him that he watched his father beat his mother half to death. Then he watched his father commit suicide in front of him when he was seven years old. I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to say something like that, let alone this is my first time preaching a major revival. But God God spoke to me and said, because of your obedience, I'm going to release a prophetic mantle and there shall be a portal of heaven that begin to hover over you because you open your mouth and say what thus saith the Lord. I never forget. I release what the spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And all of a sudden, an old Pentecostal woman stood up on the third row, started screaming hysterically and said, that's my boy. That's my boy. I've been praying for over 20 years for him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, and I never forget, Woo. he took those glasses off. Tears started coming down his face. Mm. He ran to the altar and he lifted up his sleeves and he said, can God do anything with me? And I said, you're exactly who God wants to do something in. Yes. He had needle tracks all up oh. and down his arms where mm. he'd been shooting up yeah. for all those years, trying to find veins, had to shoot up in between his toes because oh. he didn't have any veins left in his arm. And I never forget the power of God sobered him up within 25 minutes and the Lord began to fall in that house. He come back the next night and I never forget. I didn't even know who he was. He was clean shaved. The power of God gave him a different countenance about himself and Lord saved him and that revival that was only supposed to be three nights Uh ended up turning into a month long revival every night. A place that could only seat 60 people. We were crammed in there (laughs) over 200 people. People hung for a move of God. Uh The doors had to be open. People standing outside because God was showing himself because Mm. I was faithful to heed to the call when he told me to be obedient and to do what he called me to do. And speaking of that same man that told me that I would never make it, he had to call me back a year ago and ask me to come preach revival for his Mm. church because they was in a dry place and the power of God began to fall and manifest in such a way. Don't you love that God gives you a love for the people? A love for the people. That will surpass all of the hurt that they put you through. That will sit there and make you you feel about two inches tall. Make you feel like, oh, Mm. you're never going to make it like you said. But God will give you a love. A love. that 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 will just absolutely saturate their hard hearts. Well, you mentioned something about... There's times that people want to reject. Yeah. There's times that people don't want to see what's on the inside of Mm -hmm. you. Well, that's where we find ourselves in the story of Joseph. Yes. His family rejected him. His brothers wanted to disown him. Even his own father that knew something special was on the inside of him. He allowed who was around him. Yes. To determine how he looked at him. Mm. But I'm so thankful that no matter what people say, no matter what people do. Yeah. 
They cannot disown no. the tailor-made coat that was no. meant for you to wear. No. No. When God makes <laughs> oh, it. Oh, when he makes it, they could try to put it on. It they could try to snug in it. it they could try it. to fit in it. Mm-mm. When it's tailor-made, God has it purposed and predestined just for you. Absolutely. When he gave you that mantle, when he gave you that command, this is what I want you to do. you got to decide, are you going to do it or not? Because if you don't, He'll give it to somebody else that will. And so if you're willing and if you're obedient, doesn't the Bible say we're going to eat the good of the land? That's what it's saying. Isn't that what we're going to do? And so I can't earn it. I can't do that, but I can love him. And I can be grateful to him. Hmm. And I can just want to sit in his presence and absorb I want to just be like a sponge. The Bible said to study and show yourself yes, approved. Absolutely. So we must digest the word of God more than anything else. We must have yes. such a desire to digest the word of God more we than we digest to. natural food, physical food. We have to. That's exactly Because the word right. of God is what will see us through. It will. When physical food can only fill our stomach so much. Yeah. And then it'll wear off. That's right. But yet the word, it'll last forever. It will. And it will make you so full. What, what is it that you do to prepare before you go to a revival when you know that you've scheduled? I know that you're scheduled all the way through September, and that is phenomenal right now, especially in this pandemic time or whatever. You don't hear of that. You know, they're like, oh, we don't, we don't want to open the church. Well, to me, my husband and I both said, you better fling those doors open and get as many people in here as you can to get them in here and get them saved, get them, get them filled with the Holy Spirit, get them on their way to being closer to God. So tell us what you do to prepare. Well, the Bible, in fact, told us, it said these things come only by prayer and fasting and supplication. And so what I do to prepare, my, my main objective is to get in the secret place and to become intimate in his presence to a point where... I could seek him and know him for myself. And and so one thing that I always made a priority is to be disciplined with my lifestyle to awake and to pray and to seek God early in the morning, like the Bible declared and decreed unto us. It said, uh, for if you want to hear me and feel me, it's for you to arise early and to seek my face. And uh, so what I do to prepare is I go into times of consecration, fasting, pushing back the plate and allowing God to drain everything out of me that does not need to be there. Anything that a heart desires that might take the place of him and ask God to give me such a, a revelation and, and such um, an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say. Um, there's something that's very significant about when we go to different environments is that you cannot always preach the same word to an, uh, to one environment that you might to another environment simply because there are people that need specific words from the Lord um, that, that, that need to understand that God has not forgotten about them, that God has not given up on them, but that God is still right there in their midst, even when it feels like they're in the dark. And um, and so what I do is I, I push back the plate. I prepare. I get in the word. I digest it. I eat it. And I ask God to allow me to bask in his glory mm-hmm. and to dwell there and not to leave till I feel something move. Oh, I love that. And there's sometimes that you got to just sit there in his presence till you feel something. I'll be honest with you. There's times I pray and I don't hear nothing. There's times I pray and I don't feel nothing. But the Holy Ghost disciplined my flesh. And he said something. 
sometimes you got to stay there till you feel me move and shift Ooh. some stuff in your life. Ooh. And many times we're too quick to get up and leave because we don't feel nothing when God is saying, if you could have just stayed one more second, oh. if you could have just stayed one more minute, mm. you could have felt my glory and you could have felt my presence begin to usher in in such a way that I would drain and begin to move in such a way that you asked me to do. Oh, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I, 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 I would dare say so many of us are guilty of that because we'll pray and all of a sudden we don't feel anything. It doesn't have anything to do with our emotions. It doesn't have anything to do with what we're feeling in the flesh. It has everything to do with what he's doing in the spirit. And then we'll, we'll, we'll feel that. We'll know. We'll feel that shift like you said. So I appreciate the preparation that you take and the time that you spend in his presence mm. for my benefit and for those around us. That's what you're doing it for their benefit. And that's why my prayer is Lord, I don't want to be another echo, No, but I want to be a voice. Yes. And I heard the spirit of the Lord speak to me coming into this new year. He said, they might kill be okay with being original. Mm. He said, because we got too many clones in the spirit. That's, that's trying to walk so like everybody else walks. Mm. That's trying to talk like everybody else talks. That has the same cliche like everybody else. Has the same rhetoric. Mm. Has the same diagram as everybody else. Wow. But I want people to know that when Evangelist Snow steps into the room and he opens up his mouth, he's not just speaking to speak. Yes. But that there is a man that is behind him that is standing tall. Yes. That is standing before him and after him. That when I open up my mouth, yes. that something can capture the heart. And something can move and begin to bring somebody not to their feet, but to their knees that they might know we've been in the glory. Oh, that's powerful. The preparation that it takes to be able to hear from God is, is such, it's a privilege. I know that, that you count it as a privilege. I just, I, and I I don't want to speak for you, but I know in my heart that you count as a privilege just to serve him and just to be his servant. Just to be used so, by him. Because that's all we really, really want in this life is just to love him, to worship him. And just, God, use me. I, I don't care what it takes. If you, it, it, two, two years ago, two years ago, God said to me, did he talk to you in weird places? He does. Did he, he, did he find you in your car? Or standing times. in the kitchen or in the shower or That's just many it's times. the crazy places you're thinking, I'm not in there in my prayer closet. I'm not in, he's going to speak to you wherever he wants to. Because in my mind, he's God and he'll do whatever he wants to do with whoever he wants to do it with. And I'm okay with that. If he wants to do whatever with me, that's great. Use me the way you can. But he spoke to me in my car. I was on the way back from my doctor's appointment from Jackson. And I was crying and praying and the Holy Spirit was just in that car. And I just felt him. I felt his presence. And that is such a beautiful place to be. And I enjoy that because I'm alone with him there. And I love to be alone mm -hmm. with God because he is my father. And I'm so comforted when I'm with him. He's my safe place. He is my he is my refuge. The Psalms speak to me so much because he he is my rock. He is the only one I can lean on. He is the one that I can go to when I, I can't go to my husband or I can't go to my friends or I can't I can't do all of that. But I can go to him. You know when I need that that reassurance and that that um uh, that love that you can't find mm -hmm. anywhere else. But I was in my car and. I had been praying about something and, and just being in service to him, you know, I, something in my life. And I thought, God, 
I just want you to use me. He asked me a very specific question. I've never told anybody this, and I'm just going to tell the whole world. But he said, are you willing to do what it takes? Mm. And I had no hesitation in saying, yes, I'll do whatever it takes. So when, you, when you're preparing, you're, you're fasting, and you're praying, and you spend time alone with God, you know, how, how would you encourage somebody else? How do, you, how do you encourage them to get that relationship and get them going and get them, and get them on the right track and, you know, started towards God? I would say don't limit God with what he wants to do in your life. Mm-hmm. The Bible told us it said that he's no respecter of person. But what he done in my life, he can do for you. What he's done through me, he can do through you. Yes. And many times we get this perception and we allow the enemy to speak to us and tell us that we can't pursue the deep things of God because we don't have the ability to walk in the same shoes that somebody else walks in. Mm. And one thing that I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me years ago was he said, don't allow what you go through to determine what I have in store for your life. He Mm -hmm. said so many times you allow your struggle to determine if you're going to stand up and speak to it. So many times you allow who's around you to intimidate you uh, from tapping into that gift and that calling that I've called and placed upon you. But I never forget there was something that was so profound to me when I was praying and seeking the Lord a few months ago. He said, do you not remember when I told you that you could speak to the mountain and it could be thou removed? It told us there in that scripture, it, it yeah. never said you got to be an evangelist to speak to the mountain. <laughs> You're right. It never told us that you had to be a pastor to speak to the mountain. It never told you that you had to have the right documents behind your name and the right PhDs and all the degrees behind your name to speak to the mountain. Yeah. But there was something so profound in that, and I feel the Holy Ghost speaking about it right now. He said that when you can speak to the mountain, you can command it to get out of your way. Yeah. And so I made my mind up coming into this new year. You can climb the mountain, baby, and get out of breath and get tired. I'm going to speak to it and I'm going to walk right through it. And so this is how I encourage people. Yes. You have the ability to move whatever's in your way when you cannot limit God, but you can say, God, reign in my life just like you've reigned in Moses' life. Reign in my life just like you reigned in the three Hebrew boys' life. Yes. Reign in my life just like you've done in Daniel's life. But see, that's the thing. Daniel made his mind up. He was going to pray even in spite of what he went through. Yeah. He was going to pray even knowing that they had now put a decree and issued out that he didn't have the opportunity to call upon a God uh, that that could save him and set him free. The Bible, in fact, said that for 30 days, they were going to put King Darius upon a pedestal that nobody could pray to any other God but King Darius. And one thing I loved about Daniel, and that's why I'm using him, because he didn't have no title, Mm -hmm. but Daniel was just a man after God's heart. He was a man that loved to pray. And when you can love to pray, that's when you'll know that he's so much more than just a man. He's so much more than just calling him Jesus and and flopping it around and picking him up on a Sunday and then laying him back down on a Monday. Uh But when you can learn to fall in love with prayer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Then he can set you up on a pedestal that he'll elevate you in front of your enemies. (laughs) Yes. He'll elevate you in front of the people that think you're not qualified enough to be who God's called you to be. Oh, yeah. And so the ones that I'm speaking to right now that is not a preacher, that is not uh, working in the offices, that is not being um, who God has called you to be inside the four walls and and have a position in the church. I come to tell you, fall in love with prayer 
and there's no limits to what God can do. That's why that old song said, there is no secret what God can do. What he done for others, he can do for you. And I'm so thankful to know that what he done for me, he could do just for you. What he done for R.W. Shambach and A.A. Allen and Smith Wigglesworth. Oh, hallelujah. And Catherine Coleman, he could do for you too. But in a greater measure, that's why you can't limit what God can do in your life because the moment that you compare yourself to somebody mm. else oh. is the moment you limit the mantle that God wants to place upon you. That's good. That's real good because people do that. We put limitations on God. Mm-hmm. You know, God, I just want you to do this, but that's enough. Don't do anything else. I- I'm good with that. No, I want the whole thing. I want it all. I want it all. If you ever go in to having a relationship with God and wanting it all, the things that he can do in your life are limitless. Thank you for spending time with us on Fresh Oil Ministries today. We would love to hear from you. Just email us at freshoil9210 at gmail.com. That's freshoil9210 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a weekly, monthly, or yearly sponsor of Fresh Oil Ministries, please let us know. Until next time, we'll be praying for you.